Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? Amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me as always, DJ Mark. Sup. Also with me, Lavender Gooms. So I'm actually setting up an eBay seller's account. What do you guys think about that? Do you have I got a seller's move? account? I, I got, got a s- five positive feedbacks, Mike. Yeah, five I got a positive feedback. I got a seller's account too. The last thing I sold was a David Lee bobblehead. Finally, also with us, Kid Presentable. Man, I sold my old uh, Game Boy Color back in the day. I should have held on to that thing. How else am I supposed to pay, play my Pokemon Blue cartridge? I mean, you have these regrets of sometimes you sell stuff in this life. Like when I sold my Dreamcast. I probably wouldn't play it, but there's times where I think, why did I sell my Dreamcast? I well, don't think either of you really miss the console. No. I'm I, I for damn no sure you no, don't care not about at all. Not well, even a little bit. <laughs> it's funny that both of you mentioned video games. I'm selling NCAA 14. Yo! Ooh, no! Like item. Don't do it, Mike. My, Mike, I sold my Xbox 360. I did not sell the, the, the version of NCAA last made for the 360. Look, man, like, I'm trying, I'm trying to get rid of a lot of stuff that I know I never use anymore and I never think about. And I've thought about this for a few months now. It's time. I'm Mike, never going to play it. I own one Xbox 360 game. That is it. <laughs> That's the only one. <laughs> I'm like, what's the value on that? It has has it gone in value since it's the last NCAA, or is it kind of petered out around twenty bucks, maybe? No, twenty bucks would um, be bad at all. On eBay, you can get about fifty-five to sixty Damn, bucks. Yo, good. you know, in fairness, for a while, like there was a, before people gave up on DVDs. I remember you could sell your wrestling, you sell your DVDs back to Amazon, but the wrestling ones for some reason were really valuable, and I got thirty-seven dollars for WrestleMania seventeen from Amazon. And then that shit's just on the WWE Network now. But If uh, people want to stop me from selling my NCAA 14, just uh, Venmo me money at M.E. Sanchez 17. So that they're is... going to give you money so you don't sell a thing? Yeah, uh, Mike. I bid $55 that, that's a... for Mike to keep the game. For the love of God, if you do that, maybe give your address so Mike can send it to you. Jesus. <laughs> no, 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 Mike... no, no, no. I want the ability to get money and keep the game, Bobby. That's what I'm trying to do here. Mike, okay. Mike's like three steps away from starting his own cam show. So that's, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, all right, boys, let's get into it. Um, the UFC was somewhere this past weekend. Tampa. 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 Tramp- man is in attendance. Yeah. Trampa. If you want to be negative about the city. Um, a card originally, and we say this based on very little, originally scheduled for San Francisco. I ended up being pretty excited. It was not here. Um, not that it was a bad card. It's just it would have cost us a lot of money. Um, headlined by Joanna Yenjecek, a.k.a. the former or formerly known as, not also known as, formerly known as Joanna Champion, sometimes known as Joanna Violence, also known as Joanna Weiner. Um, Thank you. That was for Mike. Um, pretty much, um, Mark, I'd say she put on the best performance we've seen from her since she lost that belt. Yeah, um, nothing that's fair. Just I, I a solid, she, solid yeah, overall I, performance uh, against Michelle Watterson here. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah she, I mean, she beat Tisha Torres. I just don't know how great she looked in that fight, but she looked great in this fight. We had five rounds to see Joanna kind of do her thing, and... Um, honestly, sorry, but also for some of we thought there was going to be weight-cutting issues. She made the weight, and she looked like she had no issues with her gas tank at all the whole fight. Yeah, that's true. And that was something going into this fight. And I, I think it's also fair to bring up that maybe that's some game gamesmanship. Um, with another fighter, I wouldn't have thought that. But Joanna has done this before, right? She She's not adverse to creating some kind of drama to potentially throw her opponent off, whether that's giving them a stale cookie or maybe in this case, putting rumors out there that she might not make weight because she didn't. She made the weight. And she said before, you know, I think it was on Friday. She's like, hey, everyone, don't worry. I'm going to make weight. Don't worry. And she's never missed weight before. So um, it. it Maybe it was mind games. It honestly could have been that. I think what I heard was it wasn't going to be a title fight. So she's like, oh, can we just do a catch weight? Because it'd be easier for me. And then Michelle's like, fuck no, I'm trying to get the belt here. I have to make weight for the belt. So that stuff all aligned up. And ultimately what we got, 
I personally wasn't too shocked with the outcome of this fight or even Joanna's performance. I think she looked great. Um, like you mentioned, Bobby, the best we've seen in a while. Um, but this is kind of, this was in her wheelhouse, right? She had an opponent that she was going to be able to utilize her skill set, which is fighting at range. Um, dictated a lot of the fight on the outside with low kicks. That was her main weapon on the outside. And then the only other pl place the fight really took place a lot was in the clinch. And Joanna was very strong in the clinch. She was able to push Michelle Waterson up against the cage um, throughout the fight. Um, but Watterson had some moments in here, too. Um, you know, the striking game, really, she was not catching up to Joanna. But she was able to get good takedowns on Joanna. And that was one of my criticisms last week was that Watterson tends to utilize the head and arm takedown. And I did not think that would be effective against Joanna. Um, she didn't get any of those takedowns. All the takedowns she got were from clinch trip takedowns. And immediately on the two times she got a takedown, she took Joanna's back very quickly. Um, Joanna was able to stand up and, and Watterson wasn't able, once they were kind of in a standing position where she was on her back, she wasn't able to bring Joanna back down. She wasn't able to really threaten seriously with the choke, but those were her best moments. And, you know, she really had to fight tooth and nail to get those because she, she was eating a lot of kicks on the outside and Joanna was obviously the stronger fighter, but we saw a lot of heart throughout this card. I would say a theme I saw was multiple fighters their inability to get the fight to the ground where they would probably be uh better conditioned to get a win there um were unable to do that but all of them showed a lot of perseverance and toughness to continue to fight on when you know game plan a wasn't working but none of them were able to transition enough to get the win and that's ultimately what waterson's downfall here was steph uh know you're a big waterson fan and i think we all knew going into this that there wasn't a there wasn't a lot of ways this was going to go well for her. Um, she had her best moment was a third or fourth round. She almost got her, she got her, she got Joanna's back, almost got a choke in. But, um, what do you think of her performance? And really, do you see, you know, Michelle gets to this point, loses a big fight. Do you see her, you know, this being her last chance to get a, to get a title fight, really? Um, it's tough. Um, it might have been just cause, so this is why I said, you know, like when we were making these picks, like I said, Michelle Watterson is my, a ride or die. Just, I'm a big fan of her. Um, so I'm always going to root for her. But I knew I was giving this fight away in the picks. Um, just from the weigh-ins, it says there's three inches in height difference. It looked a lot more than that when they stood next to each other. Um, Michelle Watterson, she's a natural atom weight. I mean, I respect the hell out of her, but she's, she's always fighting up. She doesn't have the stopping power to really affect... And you saw what her the limits of her takedowns against a significantly bigger opponent. Um, you know she's she's tough. She's heart all heart. So like I'm not going to take it away from her. Um, you know I thought Joanna looked good. Frankly, I, I thought she should have looked better. Um, she overmatched Michelle in every single way. But one thing we see with Joanna, she doesn't have good fight ending ability. She can get up in the scorecards and beat you up. She doesn't really have stopping power. She doesn't even have accumulation stopping power. Um, she's not a submission threat, so it's like she looks good. Do I feel any higher about her in the title picture? Probably not, um, just because I thought she should do this to Michelle. I thought she would do more to Michelle, but that's a credit to Michelle. You, you saw how tough she was. She got her ass kicked. She was battered and bruised. She has two black eyes. If you see like how she's kind of healing up now after the fact, um, I thought Joanna should have been able to finish, but that's just a testament to Michelle. But it's hard for her. She's an atom weight. She's always going to be fighting up in this division. And like, you know, she never had to go through Andrage, but Andrage is a tank. Look at Wei Lee. She is a brick house. You know, she is just solid muscle mass. It's not getting better from her above Joanna. So what we can do. Steph, uh, giving us the transition material here. Mike, Wei Li Zhang, the UFC's, uh, new champion in this weight class. Um, the, a lot of people seem to think that uh, Tatiana Suarez, some of the steam is off of her getting the next shot, and maybe Joanna gets the next shot. Um, considering what the Chinese market means to the UFC, what makes what, what do you think they go with here? You think they roll the dice on Whaley fighting Tatiana, who, while a novice striker, might throw Whaley in the air like a pizza pie? Or um, Whaley in a striking matchup with Joanna and Jacek? Where do you think they go with this? I think they go with Joanna because as you alluded to, um, don't know too much about Tatiana striking, but we know what she can go and do when she grabs a girl. And 
I haven't watched too much of uh, Wei Li except for her uh, title fight and I think the fight right before where I think she fought, was it Tisha Torres? I'm not exactly sure. But we're not exactly sure what her wrestling defense is like. Uh, so I think the UFC to try and, you know, get, I mean, this is crazy considering I'm about to say a favor, a more favorable matchup. And we're talking about Joanna Yanjacek, but at the very least, it's a matchup that you could conceivably see, at least when it comes to style matchups that Whaley would have a better shot in, or at the very least, um, if you're trying to market this in China, um, it gives her a puncher's chance because Joanna is not going to go for the takedown in that particular fight. Do you think she's going to be the underdog? Because I think, given yes, yes, you think so, oh yeah, I Wei mean, she, Li, of course. Man, of course I don't know, man. She 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 wrecked Jessica Andrade. Of course, yeah, she wrecked she wrecked Jessica Andrade. But besides, I don't know, Rose just knowing knowing what to do against Yanjacek. No one else at 115 has figured out how to beat Joanna. That's just the truth. Um, we'll see where we go from here. Um, Wei Li Zhang actually got her visa after having some trouble getting it earlier in the week. Uh, Bobby, everyone bows down to China. Do you not pay attention to the news? China gets its way. Oh, we're going to talk about that a little bit later just for a moment. Um, but Wow. What a wonderful past couple weeks this has been. I've enjoyed it quite a bit with that story. Um, co-main event, um, Cub Swanson, still got it, man. It's still a bad idea to get in a firefight with Cub Swanson. If you didn't see this fight, just, you know, anytime Cub Swanson's gotten a firefight with somebody, that's what it tells you. Steph, um, uh, Kron Gracie landed some shots, but again, it wasn't going well. And in three rounds of it, not going well. <laughs> well, right after my Joanna analysis, call me Mr. Glass Half Empty. Cub fought a very overmatched striker. I'm not going to say a lot. He got tired beating up a very overmatched striker. He was the underdog too, man. And he Classic. got a four-fight losing streak. Yeah, but that's just us being stupid. And We didn't make the betting lines. No, I'm saying we, we're selling ourselves. Remember last week, we're selling ourselves on the legend of Hickson. And yeah, he's got Hickson's toughness. He has no striking. I was so about to text. I guess I, I was before the show, I was going to message you guys like who had the more futile looking striking in your opinion, uh, Mackenzie Dern or Cron Gracie. Because it's that typical BJJ can't strike any worth a damn. He's tough as hell. You know, he 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 didn't go away. Cub got tired from kicking his ass. Um, I don't expect any more of Cub. It's just I know what to I know to temper my thoughts on Kron more than do I think Cub has anything really left in the tank. He's still solid. He's still a good quality fighter, but this was not the upper echelon of the division. This was not a title contender. Um, I think this is just more Kron exposed than Cub's got a second wind in him or third wind at this point. Um, we'll talk about what Mark alluded to earlier on, which was how we have a bunch of people who can't get fights to the ground when they need to get fights to the ground when we get to the Mackenzie Dern fight. But Mike, just real quick, um, Duho Choi says he wants to fight Cub Swanson again. Why not? Who was that? Duho! There we go. <laughs> That's a callback for you guys. Duho hasn't fought in like a year. I hope you appreciated that. <laughs> He's military service, man. It's like two years. It's been a while, man. He can't even fight now. He said, if you guys want me to fight, you guys got to come to Korea. Yeah, he, so, he called out a fight, and he's like, but I'm still in my military duty, by the way. Um, Mike, you like your, that fight, though? To answer your question, yeah. Yeah, I would like that fight. Fuck back. it, huh? Mark, Nico Price, man. Nico Price getting the second victory I, off bottom. What the fuck? <laughs> I, yeah, um, you don't see a lot of upkick knockouts, and I doubt you see them as vicious as this one. I mean, to, to be fair... Upkick knockouts are pretty much always as vicious as this. When someone is kicking up and they knock you out, it usually means that person is going down and the force is multiplied and the results are catastrophic. Um, Vic, at this point, for as pretty good of a record as he has, his losses have been shocking. They've been really damaging. And this one, I mean, honestly, I mean, uh, I'm going to say it's jokes aside, but I'm clearly just about to make a joke. Like, if next time I see James Vic and his face isn't caved in, It'll be a like a medical miracle because the way that heel smashed into the front of this dude's face and the thudding sound, not only that it make, but then his limp ass body after when the referee's trying to get him to come to and his arms just dangling. There was like, damn, that was that was rough. Um, I thought he broke. I thought he broke his face entirely. I I I thought he was done. I've I've lost count of how many fights we've seen 
in our collective like lives of watching the sport, that was one of the most like stomach wrenching sounds I've heard in MMA. Absolutely, um, but I mean, to Nico, to Nico Price's credit, and Bobby alluded to this before, this is the second time this guy has knocked somebody out from the bottom position, and up kick is probably the most common way. The other way he did it with hammer fist was very uncommon. But I think at this point we can safely say like this dude is a danger, even when he's on his back in the guard position. Um, dude can really throw bows, and I, I guess, kind of his new little record is that he's from florida and he's never lost in florida so that's kind of a cool little story to go in so hopefully you know this guy's getting fights every time they, they come back to the sunshine state because they obviously like him he performs very well this was probably one of his best performances um update on uh, james vick and when I, I read this um uh, on fight night so i'm surprised when i saw this yeah from luke thomas james vick uh ct scan negative he believes he has a torn mcl but X-ray was inconclusive. His lip is busted. Um, he gives credit to his his mouthpiece, blah, blah, blah. No loose or cracked che- teeth. And his jaw is fine, and he'll get an MRI uh, this week. When you get knocked out and you tear your shit on the way down, Steph, that's like, um, remember uh, Brawl for All? Remember Dr. Death? Oh, yeah. Remember this? He tore everything, <laughs> and he got knocked out. <laughs> It's like, you know, the Rashad Stanky, like, you just fall down weird and your body's not supporting itself, all your knee goes. I think when Gonzaga knocked out Crow Cop, right, he, like, oh, broke Jesus. his leg on the way down, yeah. And look, that was the gross, that was really gross. Um, I'm amazed that he doesn't have a broken jaw. Dude, I thought it was broken for sure. Like, it that, looked horrible. That sounds, sounds like someone who has a broken jaw. I mean, it sounded like fractured skull. Like, you know how your nose, there's not a bone there, it's just a big hole in your face? I imagine splinters of cracks going everywhere around there. That was nasty. I mean, that it, was makes, a- it makes me gotta mention. You guys remember that X-ray of Stefan Struve's face after the uh, hunt fight, and they talked about his broken jaw. And I'm like, why aren't we talking about that jagged crack across his skull? Is that nothing? Why are we only talking about the jaw? I uh, where I when this happened, I threw it in our group chat. I was just like, did anybody see that? And Mike was like, see what? And then like four seconds later, Mike's like, oh yeah, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> it's the wrong sensory, Bobby. It's, did everyone hear that? Yeah, that That's was what that was. Whew, that was rough, man. Um, James Vick's got to get it together, man. It's a lot of knockouts in a row, and moving up in weight apparently wasn't the answer. The uh, answer is bare knuckle boxing. That is where these guys end up next. Oh, uh, you're gonna make him fight Hector Lombard. Um, H- Amanda Rebus, Mackenzie Dern. First off, the fact that Mackenzie, uh, Mackenzie Dern had a kid four months ago and fought is a goddamn miracle and a testament to her toughness also a testament to the toughness was the three rounds she was getting bombed on by amanda rebus mark here's our conversation you brought it up man it's 2019 how how am i still is just seeing these jujitsu people with like incredible jujitsu but no way of getting the fight to the place where they can utilize it well i mean the answer is actually really obvious these are these aren't just grapplers these are jujitsu if you watch high level competitive jujitsu there's no takedowns, really. It's like they grapple, and then one dude's like, okay, I'll take guard this time. There's really not a a high emphasis in high-level jujitsu to be shooting power doubles or transitioning from singles to doubles to get takedowns. It's really all the intricacies of high-level jujitsu is on the mat. Getting to the mat is not a high priority or a big concern. They know what's going to end there anyways. Um, and we've seen this from multiple you know, high-level jujitsu practitioners. You know, When they can't get the fight to their realm... They can struggle a lot with the stand-up. Now, Kron Gracie and Mc- uh, and Mackenzie Dern, I think they had kind of two different thought sets going into this. I think for Dern, her last fight, she was able to basically get it to the mat and finish it off a big overhand right. And it seemed pretty obvious she thought she could replicate that in this fight, um, which obviously wasn't the case. Rebus was just too skilled on her feet and too technical to get caught up in any of that. And it was counter rights all, all night for her. You know, Mackenzie Dern would throw two big punches, ending with a big overhand right. She slots right out of range, counters back with the right straight, and Dern was eating it all night. And to Dern's credit, she she shot some, some singles, and she tried to get it down. She just was completely ineffective. And what I, I, what I do want to give both her and Kron Gracie credit for is while they were completely ineffective standing, and I, I, I hesitate to say that with Kron. I mean, if, I think earlier we were talking about who was more inept. Mackenzie Dern, uh, w- without a doubt, was more inept in striking. She did not land any strikes. Kron Gracie, he was getting obliterated coming forward, but he was throwing strikes and he was landing. That was a competitive fight that he was constantly losing. Um, but all, what I was impressed with was 
not only were they coming forward, like they were fucking Terminators. They were zombies out there. They kept getting blasted over. I mean, Kron taking these body shots that were just rippling through the arena. And it's not only that they kept coming forward, they didn't wince. Marcus, sorry. That fucking weird Gracie breathing technique that Hickson has been doing and Kron does, I swear to God, it has something to do with the fact that weird diaphragm breathing, that those body shots weren't killing that man. I mean, it had to be something. I I don't get how he was okay. (laughs) They were both getting blasted. And it's one thing, like, it's one thing just to keep coming forward and have that mentality. But you can read it on a dude's face or a woman's face when they are just beaten down i mean and cron had a little bit more of that but he would get hit and it's just keep going forward mackenzie Dern was probably even the opposite like she was taking hits and just not it like was not registering she'd take a good solid right straight to the face and she wasn't like smiling but she was just like okay let's keep going let's keep trying this um obviously there's deficiencies where they both of those fighters really need to work on either shooting from the outside which i don't think is the greatest technique or learning how to work your way into a clinch and then from the clinch, getting it to the ground. Kron tried jumping guard a couple times, and it was tricky. He'd jump guard, wrap his legs around. He tried to grab the ankles to ankle pick the guy down so he can position, he can uh, transition position immediately, which was sneaky, but uh, Cub wasn't having it. You can kind of see it coming. He got away from it. Mackenzie Dern, she shot in a couple good single legs where she tried to wrap the other leg around to get the takedown, but once that attempt failed, she didn't have a plan B, and, and both these fighters lost standing up, and it was both fighters first loss you know and there's a lot of similarities that we could take away from this but ultimately they need to get back in the gym and figure out how am i going to be able to consistently get these fighters onto the ground you know whether that's getting better clinch transitions to really solidify that person to pull guard or trip takedowns or something they need to figure out how to get it there because on the outside they're just not going to be winning these fights there's a running joke on the co-main event podcast that uh, Ben Folks has, which is that all these jujitsu fighters need to watch Damian Maya's fictional jujitsu for MMA fighters DVD series because Damian Maya has figured out how to grab a hold of a motherfucker and take him to the ground. If you don't count Tyron Woodley, everybody else, Damian Maya figured it out. Um, I think Damian Maya is a good test case for them because Damian Maya had this period in his MMA career where he did what the mistake that they made is they said, "I'm going to spend camp working on my boxing." And then Damian Maya had some really bad boxing fights there for a while, right? Isn't that when uh, Jake Shields won a kickboxing match for the like first time in his career? And then finally, when Damian went uh, down to welterweight, he's like, yeah, I'm just going to grapple, guys. Forget boxing. I don't need to learn how to be a good, competent boxer. I need to learn how to take guys where I'm fucking dominant. I mean, also because like Cub Swanson has got a lot of losses by submission. You can get Cub Swanson to the ground. Just saying. It's not impossible. Well, I mean, I, and, and to our point when we talked about that fight earlier, I mean... That is the big takeaway, we thought. I mean, the, the the missing piece that we didn't have was how is Kron going to get it to the ground? But just looking on paper is like, okay, when this hits the ground, this dude fucking chokes everybody. This guy loses to chokes a lot. The math was there. We just... I mean, he also just choked out Alex Caceres in two minutes, and Alex Caceres isn't a bum on the ground either. Like, no, Alex- but Kron had a, had a tricky takedown for that, and he didn't have that here. So, I mean, yeah... Damian Maya had gone through this, and I think a lot of the jiu-jitsu practitioners go through this because it makes sense, right? You're going into the sport, and it's like, I know how to grapple, right? I know how to take people down. I I shoot doubles every now and then. I get them in the tournaments. I don't know how to fucking punch or kick. That's the skill set I really need to to work on, but... They're not addressing another deficiency. I mean, if, if, if you're gonna hang out, with, you're gonna hang out with the Diaz brothers. You're gonna learn how to strike. It doesn't mean you're gonna learn how to take people down. You gotta, you gotta supplement that with other stuff. I mean, there's another, gonna... those are other jitsu guys who also struggle to get the fight down. So yeah, um, just real quick, um, everybody here thought Luis Pena won. Just I will say. Out. I, I called that the, it would be a bad split because when they were reading the decisions, the third judge was Tony Weeks. And I said to myself, oh, yeah. oh, Tony yeah. Weeks is going to value the takedown and give it to uh, the Tampa guy. Oh, and then so immediately wrong. I'm like, Tony Weeks, he sees a takedown. That guy won the round. Tony Weeks, is li- Tony Weeks is living in 2009. Man, that was a bit. That was that was a rough one for Luis Pena, man. He's he would have won three in a row there. And um, people like him. He's always trending on Twitter with his nickname, Violent Bob Ross. That flying knee he hit was awesome. Yeah, he's a good fighter, man. Uppercut, and he flying kneed into where the guy dipped his head. That was that was awesome. He means twenty six years old. That would have been big for him, man. That was that was a rough one. Uh, Eric Anders got tired, won a fight. I I do want to say, 
you have to give some credit to Matt. Oh, of course, yeah. Because, I mean, he came out here, and and this is what I talk about so much when we pick these fights. Like, I didn't know who this guy was. This is the platform to get your name out there, and he fucking did it. Like, he reminded me a little bit, not as good, obviously, of of Justin Gaethje, where this guy is a good wrestler, and he's just throwing fucking bombs. And I think, ultimately, what really makes this fight kind of suck because of the decision is, I think Stefan's right. I think they gave Matt credit for the takedowns where when you really look at it, it's Luis Pena dropping down, going for Kimura that got that takedown. And arrest you should not get credit for the takedown if a fighter is going for a submission and drops down to guard to try to finish that submission. And oftentimes he reversed it and got on top. So it, 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 it was a tough fight for Pena, but ultimately as a fan, super entertaining fight. And Matt put his name out there. You know, maybe there's a little hometown cooking. But he needed to come in here and show people what's up and why he deserves to be remembered. And I think he did that. Um, real quick, our guy Davison Figueroa. Uh, I can't say his name. Figueroa took care of Tim Elliott in three minutes. Got a guillotine choke. Big win for him. And I was watching that uh, Davis and Gifford fight everybody's been talking about. And that was a ass whooping that like was just uncomfortable to watch. The referee, his corner, somebody probably should have stopped that. When the guys, the ne- like on the internet today, talking about like, oh no, you know, it was all, it was all on me. I should have fought better, and don't blame coaches. And then he starts quoting Jesus getting, quoting the Bible, and Jesus getting his ass whooped by the Romans. Like, that's not a good situation. You guys, the, the, if the corner, the corner is not just there for advice. He's there to protect. They're there to protect their guys, and that was. You guys get a chance. Try to watch it. It's on ESPN Plus. Run it back. It's a, just a one-sided beatdown from Mike Davis. Big win for Mike Davis, though. Congrats to him. Um, the UFC next week, uh, this Friday, actually, is in uh, at the TD Garden in, Bast- in Boston, Massachusetts. We'll talk about that uh, in a little bit here. Um, notably, man, I mean, Yair Rodriguez isn't going to get a good from that Boston crowd. Let me tell you that. Um but uh, some news we got this week. Um, what do we have, boys? What happened in this week in MMA? Kane officially left the UFC. Not just the testing pool. He's retired from MMA. Yeah, Kane is done. Um, I mean, I found a lot of people talking about this on the Kane subject, so I, f- I feel like it's worth saying he had a very storied career. I'm curious how you feel. Uh, I saw people say he's potentially the biggest, like, what-if potential guy in MMA, even bigger than Dominic uh, Cruz. Because this guy had a lot of injuries, fought incredibly infrequently, but when he looked good, he looked like the greatest heavyweight of all time. Could, I think could it you depends. really I, say? Could you really say what if for either of those guys when they were I both th- champions? I think it depends how you're defining what if, Mike. Because we're talking about two guys here who, while they became champions, they all they missed years of their prime due to injury. I mean, we probably could say honestly, we've had like a four year stretch here, with, or like a three year stretch here where John Jones fought one once a year. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff, too. So, I mean, there's something to say for that, Steph, because I thought Kane was going to be the best ever. Yeah. Just, you know. he, when he came out and he was wrecking people, Kane was one of my f- all-time favorite fighters to watch. Like, even when he wrestled, he fought with such a physical brutality. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I thought it in his pro wrestling career just because of how much I liked him as an MMA fighter. I know he, he's not uh, going over with, like, the prestige of, of Brock or a Ronda for whatever reason, but... God, Kane was fun to watch when he was good. Yeah, I mean, I was, I remember like thinking Stipe, who's maybe the best ever. Stipe's, like, I thought when Stipe was coming up, he reminded me of like, oh, this is like a slower Kane. He does all the things. I mean, he doesn't kick as much either, but like, I was thought like, oh, like, he's got good cardio. He's got good hands. He does good wrestling. I think Kane will whoop his ass. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm going to miss Kane, but then again, Mark, he's been out for a little bit now. If he's going to go get paid now, good for the man, huh? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It's, it's, you know, it's unfortunate that we didn't get to see him in the octagon more, that he didn't really get to utilize his full potential, because I think there was a lot of wasted potential there. And, and I, with how weak or just how ever flow the heavyweight division, division is, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility to think that if he was consistently healthy, that yeah, he could have, he could have probably strung three title defenses in a row to, you know, grab that title, uh, that, um, claim of you know having the most uh, heavyweight title defenses um, and, be t- and become the best heavyweight of all time. But you know that's just how the cookie crumbles. You know this is a tough sport, and it's not just tough when you're initially 
participating in the sport, the training reg regiment is the killer thing. And we know train uh, Kane trains really hard, and that cost him, you know, a lot of years. But ultimately, like I've mentioned so many times before, when these guys retire, I hope they have some kind of good backup plan. I think becoming a pro wrestler in the WWE is not bad, especially when you're going to be main eventing with Brock Lesnar. And I think it doesn't hurt that we've seen Kane in the pro wrestling ring, and he has exceeded my expectations. He's not the type of wrestler I imagine for him at all. And I think, too, if the average... I mean, I don't, I don't know and care too much what the WWE fans think about Kane, but I wouldn't be shocked if... In fairness, he does now a lot. <laughs> okay. He, but he should. Well, I was just going to say, like, I would not be surprised if come when him and Brock fight, the fans have a new respect for Kane. They see him. They see this big guy do a Hurricane Rana, and I think they're going to be like, "Oh shit! I was not expecting some of this from Cain uh, Velasquez." But who knows? You know, because we've seen so many incredible wrestlers, much better than Cain Velasquez, go to the WWE with amazing talent and they squander it. So I would not be surprised yeah. if this match with Brock is just them just fake punching each other for ten minutes, and somebody blades and it gets bloody. So it's like, "Oh, look at these guys!" This is, they don't do that anymore, huh, Bob? They don't get bloody. So they can't. I mean, the Saudi. They, they might get if the Saudis want blood. They're gonna give them blood. Okay. Um, Kane. Um, yeah, uh, this is just a real the pro wrestling angle of it. I know a lot of wrestling fan pro wrestling fans wanted him to go to like AEW or hang around in, in uh, AAA. They, it, it, you know, it, the story is pretty much they made him an they made him an offer that like AEW was just like yeah you gotta take that money. They godfathered them. They they gave him that. They, he got the Saudi money, man. Um, but you know, he said himself how much he would have loved to keep doing Lucha Libre, which is not really a style they let the, I mean, Kane's not big for WWE standards, but I don't imagine they're going to let him do all that shit or wear a mask or any of that stuff. Um, they got to give him a manager very quickly, very, very, very quickly. They got to give him a mouthpiece. Wait, because uh, I saw, I watched SmackDown or whatever on uh, the other day where he came out again with Ray. Did you see this? What did they did? Kane came out speaking Spanish. And Ray translated for Kane. I heard about that. Is I'm it? like, Kane only learned how to speak Spanish like a year ago. Like the first time they went to Mexico, he was learning because the dude was yeah. and born and raised in the United States. So when they did that with him on TV, I'm like, what the fuck is yeah, that? Yeah, Ray, 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 yeah, Ray cut the better promo in both languages, I think, though, than Kane right now. Look, what is like, just get, get him. I don't know. I don't know what, the, what managers are available these days. Get him one, all right. Get him a mouthpiece. Yo, get my guy. This is only get, for the get, pro wrestling heads Joe out there. Diaz, dog. Now I was gonna say this is for my pro wrestling heads out there. Go get me. Go get my guy Stokely Hathaway out of NXT. Get him up there. He can be Kane's manager. Anyway, um, we um, I mean, do we even talk about Kamaru Usman stuff on or fuck it? Let's just go for it. Let's just move That's on. That's non-news. Let's move yeah. Uh, um, well, another news item uh, from PFL: um, Demetrius Johnson won their uh, their flyweight title. You mean one? So, yeah, I was gonna say like he switched organizations. Crap. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, right. Did he I'm win? Sorry. Did that happen? No, he did win. That is for what? sure true. That's that already happened. That was next week. He already won it. Yeah. Um, but besides that. I was thinking PFL because the other MMA news that came from that is that we had a manager fight. Um, <laughs> yep, but we did. We did. <laughs> yep. He did. Ali L. Matt. No, no. Mighty Mouse, won, Mighty, Mouse, Mighty Mouse won their Grand Prix. I don't think he won their belt. I, I saw him put, getting a belt put on him on I uh, think that was Instagram. for the Grand Prix. But anyway, go ahead. Mm -hmm. uh, Ali. Ali oh, how do you say the name, Bobby? Yeah, Ali Abdelaziz and Malkikawa go. got in their second fist fight. This is the second time these assholes have gotten into a fight. <laughs> and uh, the best headline I saw from MMA Junkie today wasn't just that they got into a fight. It's that it was police saw Ali punch Malky Kawa. Like a little bitch if you, if you ask Anthony Pettis. <laughs> I, I think what's really funny is that as a manager... <laughs> They should know, like, dude, don't fucking throw hands for free. <laughs> let, let, let's make this a thing and get paid, and these idiots are just doing it for free. My favorite, my favorite is that only Ali Abdelaziz makes Maki seem like a good dude. You're just like, and let me tell you, man, I'm Middle Eastern. This is just what's going to happen sometimes, okay? <laughs> this is what you put the, you put our people, all of us together in a room. Yeah, man, eventually things happen. Yeah, man, um, scumbag. Sport with a bunch of scumbag managers start th throwing hands at PFL.
What do you want me to tell you? Second time they've done this. Second time. Just, just saying. You just got to throw hands, Bob. Yeah, clearly. Um, looking, just looking to see if there's any news. Joanna's uh, foot isn't broken. Some good news there. Um, yeah. Um, in the face with a closed fist. Yeah, Mike. I'm looking right at the headline. <laughs> Hit him in the face with a closed fist. Um, okay, let's just get into this thing. UFC. Um, I, what's going on today on a Friday? Uh, is there like a whole bunch of college football this Saturday that they can't put this thing be. on? It's on ESPN2 as well. It's not even ESPN. Oh, Jesus. I mean, okay. They got to compete with SmackDown. Um, there's a lot of like individual people that are interesting on this card. Court McGee, Molly McGann, Joe Lazon. But the other side of those fights aren't really, to be honest. We're only going to be picking the top two. Macy Barber's on this card too. Um, woman trying to be the youngest UFC champion ever. She's 21 years old. She's 2-0 in the UFC. She got two years to beat John Jones. So, um, headline of this card, Dominic Reyes, Chris Weidman. Uh, betting odds for this one. Does anybody have it up? Yeah, uh, we got Dominic Reyes as a slight favorite at minus 165 to Chris Weidman's plus 145. Stefan, let me tell you my issues with this fight. On one side, we've seen Dominic Reyes get tired in like, the third round a bunch of times, right? Like, that's just kind of what this dude's MO is. He runs out of gas a little bit late. Um, on the other side, Chris Weidman might just be broken. Like, completely. Where are you going with this one? Yeah, it's tough. It's not the fight I wanted to see. I think I didn't even know this fight was coming down the line, but I think I last time I mentioned Dominic Reyes, I thought he'd be a good candidate to fight Glover since Glover was coming off of his win. Um, it'd be a good litmus test. Uh, Chris Weidman... It's not as bad. Like I'm not as surefire about it as, uh, but he's in kind of the same camp as his nemesis, um, Luke Rockhold is. It's this this weight uh, moving up in weight is trying to sa- resalvage their career, but I'm not sure if it's going to be too little too late. Um, Weidman lately, his takedowns don't look as sharp. His boxing doesn't look as sharp, and he doesn't take a strike as well. Um, one of the things I've criticized Reyes about though is he's a pretty like be across the board guy. He He's solid at everything. He can't quite finish anything. He's not good enough at takedowns to really dominate and control with that. He's not good enough at striking to really end it and punish it. He just kind of wins convincing decisions. Um, So, you know, maybe Weidman's safe in that regard, but Reyes should put this guy away. He should look... He's going to be a lot bigger than Weidman, so I I hope this is the fight that Reyes finally looks like a prospect. So I'm going to take him. But if he disappoints, it's because I won't be shocked either because I'm not entirely sold as him as a light heavyweight prospect. Mike? I'm going to go the opposite way on here. Uh, I know Weidman hasn't exactly looked great. um, But I will go with that. The move out to light heavyweight will be invigorating for him. He's always been a uh, much larger heavyweight. So... The weight cut won't be nearly as bad for him. Um, Dominic Reyes, he's been good, but I will go with the pedigree of the former champion with this one. Mark? Yeah, this is this is really is a tough fight. Um, I'm going to go with Dominic uh, Reyes, but a lot of the points you guys brought up, I, I think it, you can look at this recent surge of middleweight fighters going up to heavyweight, and draw nothing from that because essentially we have a bunch of middleweight guys that we all kind of consider journeymen. You're uh, Tiago Santos, um, Anthony Smith, and they all did really well at lead heavyweight and got title shots. And then we had Luke Rockhold. We're like, okay, well, these other guys, they've been doing great. And Luke Rockhold was a fucking champion. He should just be dynamite here. And he looked awful at light heavyweight. And there could be other things going on there. Um, so it's really hard to even draw any comparisons there. I- I'm going with Dominic Reyes just because... He's undefeated. He's got a, you know, this is his weight class. He's going to be the bigger guy. Um, it is a, it is a tough fight to call, just because you can look at Wyman and, like you mentioned, Bobby, like, is he broken? You look at the guys that he lost to. It's like, well, these, these aren't guys that you lose to that, and I consider you're broken, right? When you're losing to your Jacarés and your Romeros, and these are top flight guys, and you throw in Luke Rockhold, he gets a little iffy, but um, it's really tough. It, I think this fight is really compelling. 
not because it's necessarily super exciting, just because like I don't know what Wyman's gonna look like. Is he gonna is Dominic up to fight someone potentially of his caliber? I have no idea, but I'm really excited to find out. He's not that much bigger than him either. Couple inches, right? Yeah, he's not that five. much. But how Here's much muscle are you gonna pack on? I don't know. I would like to pick Weidman here because this is really tough. This is like this is a seriously tough one to pick. Uh how, am I in last place, Mike? You are not. Uh you are a game out from last place. Who what who's the last place? Oh no, that's my bad. I mixed up the DJ and the doctors. You are in last place. Okay, so by how, like, I was gonna say, by how, how how far in last place am I? Uh same. You are in last place uh by one game. So one win behind Mark? Yep. Okay. And Mark is one win behind Stefan, and Stefan is one win behind me. So uh, very close. I got Weidman. No, I don't. I got Reyes. Ooh. <laughs> He's got Weidman. Let him stick to his instincts. Uh, Would you like to change that pick, Bobby? It's fun when we split in half, Bobby. I'm pressuring you into being on the opposite side of me. Nah, uh, let's 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 go with let's go with Reyes. Let's go. I'm taking the white guy in the next one. Let's get some mix here in the here. Let's go with the Hispanic guy in this one. Um, co-main event, a rematch of a fight that lasted. How long did it last, guys? Uh, about a minute and a half. Yeah, it went that long. If even. Um, it all and then yeah, that we let's go back like two three episodes, guys. To what happened with uh, Jeremy Stevens and Yair Rodriguez. Yair, Yair Rodriguez went with the Ric Flair eye rake on Jeremy Stevens and then uh, said that he didn't do it. It was a no contest. And then, Jer- then Yair Rodriguez was a real asshole about it. And then they were in the hotel. Let's, and then they forget, both co- let's not forget, Bob, that he almost tried to fight uh, Michael Bisping when he put a, shoulder, uh, a hand now, on his shoulder. And Michael Bisping didn't care. Michael Bisping just like, yeah, man, okay, whatever. I'm not impressed. <laughs> And then they were in a hotel room, and they both started calling each other uh, anti-gay slurs. It was a real proud moment for the sport. Um, What's the betting odds, Stefan? Uh, this fight's kind of interesting, because the betting odds, depending on who you go to, either guy is the slight favorite. Um, yeah, I got, I got Jeremy Stevens. I don't remember who yeah. I picked the first time, but yeah, I got Jeremy Stevens. You picked Rodriguez. We all picked Yair Rodriguez. Yeah, I'm taking Jeremy time. Stevens this time. I think, I think this... I'm going with elemental factors here. It's not in Mexico City anymore. It's in racist ass Boston, so I'm going with Jeremy so, Stevens. <laughs> in in your view of bro science, like does Yair he get, like, is white not, not going from osmosis? No, no, I'm saying Yair Rodriguez will not overcome the racism of the crowd. <laughs> it will get to him. So, so essentially, what he'll win by white power. I mean, according to you, no. He's he's gonna Yair Jeremy Stevens is gonna win by the fears of Yair Rodriguez. I don't know, man. This is a coin flip fight, just like it was the other time. I wish it was five rounds. Honestly, they were training for five rounds last time. They should have made this five rounds. Steph, five who do you rounds got? in Mexico City. Yeah, I know. Wow. I'm saying they can't go five rounds in Boston. Mark, who do you? I mean, uh, Stefan, who do you got? Um, yeah, I think we'll might be split. Kind of, you know, if uh, Mark and Mike stick to their guns of last fight with Yair. Um, I, I didn't know you were gonna pick him too, but um. The karma is really bad right now. Uh, that That's my bullshit pseudoscience reason. Um, I got Jeremy Stevens by the way everything played out from the fallout of that eye poke by Yair. Like, Yair should lose. Cosmically, karmically, that man should lose. We're going to ignore the gay slurs from Jeremy Stevens because Yair slung him back right at him. Is that why? <laughs> it's, it's a wash on those? What do they call that in football? The, that's offsetting penalties. Yeah, body. it's a wash right That's offsetting. <laughs> Uh, Stevens getting showered with garbage in Mexico. Uh, he, that man needs a win, Bobby. You know, honestly, I'll be honest. Part of the part of me picking Dominic Reyes was like, Weidman's a Trump guy. Fuck him. Mark, who do you got in this one? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna stick with Rodriguez. Um, I mean, sure, that last fight might have emotionally been, you know, playing with Yair coming into this fight, but. I think he's a more dynamic striker. Um, you know, Jeremy's a brawler. He can definitely get it done. But um, I think he might get tuned up a little bit on the outside. So I think it's going to be a great fight. And hopefully no one gets poked in the eye. Who was the guy, Steph, the young guy that Stevens was going to fight? And I bet on the other guy. I bet on that guy. And Stevens showed up five pounds over and knocked him out. Um, was, was it Bermudez when we still believed? I know that's when he ruined your parlay. 
Was it Bermuda? Okay, you know what? Go ahead. Uh, Mike, give your pick. I'm going to look this up to see when Jeremy Stevens cost me $300. Steph's right. Yeah. So for me, I'm going to go against what Stefan said about, you know, cosmic karma or some shit like that. Look, bad things happen to good people. Good things no happen to assholes. No one's good in assholes. this. <laughs> There's no baby face here. <laughs> well, yeah. That said, yeah. Okay. Boohoo. Stevens got irate. Yeah. He's he's gonna get knocked out this time. So Rodriguez, I still injured. So that's. <laughs> um. Yeah. This is uh, again a lot of like one person is interesting in a fight. The other person we don't know who they are. That's a lot of that on this card. Um. It's on ESPN two. What time does this thing actually start? Because I'm am I gonna be home for the main event? That's really all that I care about. That's what. No idea. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's all I'm saying, man. If you're going to start a card on a Friday, someone's got to work. Main card, 6 p.m. Oh, Pacific time. Okay. That's not too bad. It's a six-fight main card. Oh, God. You start, yeah. <laughs> Why do they do that to me? <laughs> yeah, so, some of these fights will go fast. Yeah. Duran that, does, that doesn't mean the runtime gets shut down. It just means, hey, get ready for more. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it, it's not Fox no, Sports no, no. anymore. It's I was going to say, it, it's ESPN. ESPN too. No, ESPN gets the ball rolling on these cards, man. It's way better than Fox Sports. No, I watched it. They they have more video packages they go to, which I appreciate more than going back to the desk, but the shit gets drawn out. You know what, man? We got to go watch it. We got to watch a Fox Sports card that took like nine hours to make you appreciate it. Those are like a fucking slog. Um, Yeah, all right. Um, let's do, uh, just real quick before we do stuff we like. I said I'd mention it, uh, the China thing. I was gonna, um, go on a, a talk a little bit about this thing, but then I, like, saw Luke Thomas essentially just gay, just did what I was gonna say. Uh, so I'm gonna link that on our Twitter profile. Please go watch Luke Thomas's nine-minute description of what's going on. Um, if you don't, just, this has been a really good week and a half, two weeks for everybody to realize um, I'm using the word whores to describe everybody. You can use whatever you want. It's that everybody is bending over for China. A nicer way of putting it is, as Stefan has put it, which is bend the knee, I think, is nicer. That's yeah, uh, less graphic. Less graphic. I already went with whores, Mike, so I'm committed. Um, yeah, everybody's a whore. ESPN put on the fucking nine dash line map on TV, which, oh my God, like... <laughs> Oh my god. That was yeah, wow. Um yeah, it's worth educating yourself and everybody else realizing that the NBA is a fake woke league was really entertaining for me too. Just just saying. Um before does anybody want to say anything before we do stuff we like? And I did um, I took it, I, uh, it Yeah, um I think to give equal uh you know Play to both sides. Um, you know, I think we should respect uh, China's <laughs> wishes. Um, I feel they are a very powerful and oh my just God. nation. Um, you know, so huzzah to Zhongguo. Uh, Real quick, China. I'm going to spoil some of this Luke Thomas video where he's like, Richard Jefferson went on ESPN and said, they do things different over there. Shut the fuck up, Richard. That was the, the highlight of the video for me. <laughs> okay. Well, like, come on, man. Uh, Mark, sorry. Yeah, I just, I heard this in another podcast and they were talking about um, all this China stuff. And I, I, it was really poignant and sad at the same time. Because one of them was just like, it, it seems like nowadays, regardless of where my morality stands, my dollar just contributes to awful things in the world. It's like, I just want to buy this thing. But then this company is doing this within they're pushing this agenda. And uh, Kyle Bossman said, like, yeah, basically existing nowadays is immoral. Our existence just being on this planet is immoral because we are causing someone else suff- like pain and uh, suffering, not you know against our will just just by existing in this country and contributing to it we are living in Ill, Ill moral lives and i was like fuck that's kind of poignant and it really fucking sucks by the way there is no like two sides to this like just to be clear the people missing the issue here people in hong kong are protesting because there's no extradition right now between hong kong and china and they tried to put a bill in to legislature where they could extradite people from hong kong to china 
and motherfuckers get end up in China and get disappeared. They like they have concentration camps there. They do organ harvesting. And to be this isn't, more, I'm not making this up. This is happening. <laughs> and to be more specific, um, there have been a lot of instances in Hong Kong where they don't have an extradition policy. Someone will speak out against the Chinese government in Hong Kong, and somehow he'll just end up in China. Yep, yep. Magically. That, and then they yep. end up nowhere. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. So there's this isn't that complicated. There's a right and a wrong, and China's the wrong. All right. The morality here is not that. This isn't that nuanced, no, to be honest. There's two sides every story. And, and I mean, and, and the flip side. Mike is just that, having fun with this. <laughs> and the flip side is that these companies do this because it's a huge market, and everyone's afraid that the Chinese government is going to clamp down on all American companies, you know, profiting and throwing stuff out to China. And they're all trying to get in before, you know, while the, while the getting's good. And there's a billion people over there. And it's just, it's dollars over lives. And it's really fucked up. And it's going to continue. The uh, commissioner of the NBA was like, oh, we don't uh, want to adjudicate these political matters. Like, shut the fuck up, man. You move the NBA All-Star game from Charlotte to New Orleans because of the North Carolina bathroom bill. Which, again, horrible bill. No one says it wasn't a horrible bill. It was a horrible bill. There was no concentration camps at stake in, the, at stake in that one. All right? This is holy shit. That, that one was, <laughs> all right, in, in context to the, to, to the Hong Kong protest, that bathroom bill is literally a bill on what bathroom you're allowed to use, which in the grand scheme of things and compared to the Hong Kong situation, not as dire a thing. Yeah, it's just, whew. And then, like, on top of that, I saw all the players are angry because they're like, Man, you know, if a player did some dumb shit like the Rockets GM did, which, by the way, the Rockets GM. <laughs> oh, he, fucked must, he must be beside himself. Like, because, oh, man, I should have said anything. The NBA could continue to be this bliss. Everybody could. They could just act like they are this progressive league where the players are allowed to wear their I can't breathe shirts and Black Lives Matter, which, again, I'm on board with all these causes, basically, people. But like. <laughs> This, this is the same league that is just now like, look, I like Steve Kerr, but Steve Kerr shutting up. I was like, God damn it, coach. Look, listen. Come look, on, listen, man. man. Listen, listen. It's one thing to allow your players to wear an I can't breathe shirt because who are they who are they offending there? They're offending probably, you know, you know, cops and stuff like that. The cops are not giving the NBA like ten billion dollars. Oof. I mean, Wow, what a step in it. Steph, yeah, I mean, we got anything here, buddy? <laughs> I'm more with kind of where Mark was coming. Um, it's really just a depressing state of affairs. Um, you know, and it's I, I pay attention to all these stories. I'm on Reddit all the time. But I like that someone reality check. Look, all your memes, all your jabs, all your snarky comments, it does not change the reality of what we're living in. And I get comedy is a coping mechanism. But it bums me out that it's just a coping mechanism. It's not an action mechanism. And you and know, I'll tell um, you guys this right now. If like some big Chinese billionaire for some reason listens to our podcast and decides you guys are the next big thing in China, all three of y'all better shut the f up and pop and follow that party line because I'm trying to get paid. Look, Mike's I mean, about I gotta to apologize to you guys. I had a Huawei phone for like three years. They got all your info, man. They got it from me. They harvested everything in my phone. They connected it to your guys' phones. China's got all of us right now, man. I mean, just Stefan said it. I'm going to, you know, this, I, everybody here knows how much I love the TV show, The West Wing. So this is a really old quote from the show. And it sums it up well. And the quote was, the president knows Chinese political prisoners are going to be sewing soccer balls with their teeth, whether we sell them cheeseburgers or not. So let's sell them cheeseburgers. And that's literally the approach of every corporation in the United States. So here we are, folks. All the warts are out. We all see it. Now some happier stuff. Stuff we like. Um, Mike, you got anything this week? Uh, come back to me because I can't think of anything. Ooh, actually, I do have something. I Never mind. Stuff. And Mike's going to like my stuff anyway. So maybe we'll talk about it together. Okay, one of you start talking. I okay, I'll, I'll start talking first then. Uh, the stuff I like this week, hummus. I wasn't Great. going with hummus. What kind of hummus, Mike? Ooh, so it's particularly this Trader Joe's hummus that has like the, the, the <laughs> ch 
chili or like the peppers right at the bottom. Oh my god, we're just running a commercial for Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, the last two football Sundays, whenever I go grocery shopping, I've gotten it with the, the sea salt pita chips. Oh my god, it's to die for. <laughs> I mean, maybe a, accompanying, like before we start stuff we like, we should have the Trader Joe's corner where we talk about our recent shopping experiences, great snacks we got. If there's one uh, sponsorship we've all wanted, it's Trader Joe's. As I once told Phil when he introduced me to Trader Joe's about two years ago, and I told him this, you know, I told him this twice before in, in the time we've known each other. Um, one of them was regarding Trader Joe's, and the other was the magic of compound interest. I feel like white people have been keeping this from brown people all our lives. <laughs> um, I just seriously, Trader Joe's, man. That's all we want from this part. We just give us anything. All right. <laughs> give me anything. I'll take a parking spot. God, that'd make me so happy. A parking spot at Trader Joe's. That parking lot is unruly. That'd be the best. Uh, Stefan, what do you got? <laughs> You know, the thing is, Bobby, I don't know which location you're talking about, but it doesn't matter which location you're it talking about. Uh, it doesn't matter! I've never matter. seen a Trader Joe's where I got a decent parking spot, so I totally know what you mean. Um, this week, it is a big-ass anime week, yo. Um, you know, I uh, talked about the parts of Asia I wag my finger at, and here's the part of Asia I give a big old thumbs up. Um, I, I completed Demon Slayer. Um, it had its season finale last week. Um uh, what can I say? It's probably the hottest uh, shonen. If you're into anime at all, someone told you about Demon Slayer. And the thing above all else, its animation is a work of beauty. Um, it is just incredibly beautifully animated. And there's a million YouTube videos that will tell you about how wonderfully animated and why it's wonderfully animated and like the angles and shots they do. Um, that said, also two of the two big ones came back this week. Um, we got Food Wars, Shokugeki no Soma. Is uh, if uh, Iron Chef was a battle anime, that's essentially what this show is. It's coming up on its final season. It came back, um, and the big boy of them all, My Hero Academia, started back up. Um, yeah, uh, I was all bummed because I couldn't watch it on Crunchyroll because like the new stuff is premium. And then I remembered, thankfully, I have access to a Hulu account, and that's what Hulu gives me. It gives me premium Crunchyroll, and so I was able to watch both of those. Wait a second. Wait, hold on. If you have a Hulu account, you get premium Crunchyroll. Uh, you don't. It's it's not that you get premium Crunchyroll. It's that everything that is premium on Crunchyroll is on Hulu. Hmm. Mike's been paying for both of these things. Yes, I have. <laughs> oh <laughs> no. This, this is what that's what the determination is there. Um, Mark. Yeah, I got a lot of stuff this week. So um, first, I want to go over a couple of the games that came out last week that I've really been enjoying, which is Indivisible, which is the new RPG from the devs that made Skullgirls. Um, it plays a lot like the battle system plays a lot like Valkyrie Profile, which is kind of cool, where each character is based on a button. Um, and you push the different buttons and combinations to do different attacks. And then you kind of the whole kind of mechanic in the battle system is you have all these different characters, they have different moves, and you try to find how they all gel together to kind of, uh, you know, create combos. That game's been a lot of fun. Outside of combat, you're doing a lot of platforming, which so far has been pretty enjoyable. I'm only about, like, um, five or seven hours in, but I've really been enjoying it. Uh, the other game that came out last week was uh, Concrete Genie, um, and I played that with Christine for one night so far, and we really had a good time. This is where you get to kind of you're in a desolate kind of seaside town that's overrun with bullies and you have this magic paintbrush and you're kind of doing really artistic, cool stuff on the side of this dilapidated uh, city. It all looks, it, it's very visually stunning. The story. Is there a genie? Yeah. So basically he, the, the concept is you're this kid that gets bullied. He's an artist and he draws these little monsters in his notebook. The bullies come and rip out all the pages. Um, of his notebook and then you kind of go back and you find the monsters and then you basically get this paintbrush that allows you not just to paint on the walls but create these genies which are just like these little monsters that are kind of stuck on walls and you help them out and you create little landscapes they like it's a it's a really peaceful calm type of game which is you know one of the reasons why i like video games so much is that it's not just one thing they're not all action games or rpgs or super violent sometimes there's artistic games like this that are just really calm and fun to just sit down with and make some really cool shit on the side of a building that's really easy to do but looks really like you know what you're uh what you're doing which is really fun 
this week a bunch more indie games are coming out which is really cool i when i was mapping out my october month for games this middle part was kind of light and the indies have just completely filled it up so this week we have children of morta which is coming out to xbox and ps4 and i think switch it came out on pc before this is an isometric beautifully rendered pixel art kind of game uh in addition to that, there's also The Outer Wilds, which is coming out to PlayStation 4. This one also came out on PC. This is a really cool kind of Groundhog's Day type of game where basically you're reliving the same 20 minutes or so, but you're trying to figure out why the universe is collapsing in on itself and restarting. Um, so you kind of figure out that mystery piece by piece with, with each little playthrough. And then on Friday, um, also coming out on PS4, is The Return of Oberdin. Again, all these games came out on PC, so if you, if you are a PC gamer, this stuff is kind of old news, but um, The Return of Oberdin has a really cool fucking art style where it looks like an old DOS game where everything's made of like these little dots, um, but the dev of this one made Paper, Please, which came out years ago, and that was a really fucking interesting game where you basically play a, patr uh, a uh, patrol guy on the border and you had to check people's passports and see if people were faking it. This one, you're an insurance adjuster, and you're on, like, an old pirate ship, and you have to figure out how each of the um, crew members died. So you kind of have this magical power. You get to see the last moments of how someone died, and you have to kind of figure out how every person on the ship died, which is um, a really interesting concept. So all those games are coming out this week, which is really cool. And I also want to mention there's a ton of really cool movies coming out this Friday. Um, the ones I'm most interested in is The Lighthouse. This is the new film from the director of The Witch and Hereditary. Um, it's basically William Defoe and that kid from Twilight are stuck in a lighthouse. It's black and white. It just looks kind of creepy and moody as fuck, which looks really cool. Um, the guy who did Thor Ragnarok, uh, you guys know his name, was it? Takiti, what uh, something coming sure. and save me? Taika Watiti, yeah, Taika Watiti or something. Yeah, and his movie Jojo Rabbit is coming out, which is kind of their take on uh, World War II. A little kid has a um, imaginary friend that's Hitler, which is played by him, which I think is kind of an interesting choice. And then lastly, there was one other one. Uh, oh yeah, um, Zombieland uh, Double Tap comes out this week too. So we're kind of getting in that Halloween theme, and we're getting some spooky movies and some fun comic movies, and a ton of fucking awesome video games are hitting. So the fall's just the best. So I'm just living it up over here. Um. All right. So I uh, I was I spent a lot of I spent a lot of this weekend watching random clips from Justice League Unleashed. Unleashed, the other, what's his name? Un Unlimited? The cartoon, the Justice League cartoon. Help me right. out, guys. Yeah, okay. no, you're right. This, yeah, Justin, okay. There's Justice this is League why, there's though. Justice League Unlimited. Unlimited is yeah. where they have every weird fucking character jumps in for some random reason. Okay. Why, this is partly me complaining, why I had to watch the shit on YouTube, random clips, why is Netflix getting rid of all the shit I want to watch, man? Uh, everyone else has their own streaming service. Yeah, <laughs> what is this? When the fuck did this DC Universe shit happen? Yeah, and when they... Also, Bob, um, while you were watching all of that on uh, YouTube, it's on the Plex. Okay. Well, but, Mike, but, I'm gonna... uh, but Bobby, they're all, Young Justice came... DC started their own thing, and one of it was like, oh, we're bringing back Young Justice. It's only going to be on DC-verse or whatever. So I'm not surprised a lot of their other cartoons have gone that way, and, you know, Say goodbye to your Marvel and Disney stuff on Netflix. Yeah. Because that's well, let me tell you, so Amazon cool. Prime getting rid of Batman animated series was devastating to me. I watched the shit out of that. It's the best cartoon I mean, I'll ever. I'll be honest. I'm amazed with Amazon Prime has anything. I love the boys, but let me be honest. You know who's losing the streaming wars? Amazon Prime. Yo, man, they win, they win Emmys. So they're winning something. I don't something. know about that, uh, Stefan. I mean, they have the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I think is one of the best shows out there. Um, the Jack Ryan show. Was what what was the good. show? What was the show with the dad from Rest of Development that won all the Transparent. awards? There we Transparent. There we go. Yeah. They have I a lot of shows that win awards. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Steph. Like they have a lot of shows that are winning awards, and I have no interest in watching any of them. Um, real talk. How much does this DC Universe shit cost? I'm not going to pay for it. I don't know. It, it's one of those things. Like you get their streaming shit, but you also get all their comics and stuff too. So it might be a little pricey. Yeah. Fuck that. Okay. This is. 
this is becoming a problem. But you get Young uh, Justice. Oh. Wait, hold on. Do we need to see how many uh, consecutive stre- simultaneous streams you can have at one no, time? No, I need you. I need you to message me to log in for the Plex account. Is what I need you to do, Mike. Oh, you, oh, you lost what, it again. I think I, I think I should got reset. I, when you don't log in every now and then, it doesn't. It just gets all you know. Oh, makes okay. you re-log in. Just message it to me. Um. Yeah. Okay. Um. I was a good show, by the way. I liked the one with all. I mean, I liked the Justice League show, Mark Moore. Than when they got seventy five thousand people in there, but you know, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a bad show. But if, if it was like a more, because I love all the wacky characters, and I'm just not that versed in DC. So when it's like, okay, this Justice League Unlimited is basically Supergirl meets every weirdo we've ever thought up in the last fifty years, I was like, all right, this is interesting, but not. Well, I, I like all the um, Batman and uh, Amanda Waller stuff on that show. I mean, that's she's a really good bad guy. Is it normal yeah. Justice League? Because there's this clip that's floated around the internet forever now, and I'm sure you guys have run into it on the internet, but. I just made. I've never. I haven't seen the episode. It just always makes me want to watch it. It's where, for whatever reason, Lex Luthor possesses the body of the Flash, and it's like, yeah, I've seen oh, well, there's the one thing I can do is I can at least learn what his secret identity is. Takes off the hood. He's like, I have no idea no who idea this who person this is. is. <laughs> that was good. No. I, I don't. Yeah, I never saw it. I haven't seen all of the Justice League. Just bits and pieces. I saw the Justice League one, and then I fell apart. Fell off somewhere in the middle of the Unlimited one, because I would watch it when I went to sleep, and then I'm like, this is. Netflix autoplay, and then I'd wake up, and I'm seven episodes down the road, and I'm yeah. like, well, whatever. I'll figure it out. It'll be fine. Um, all right, boys and girls. Uh, do we got anything else this week? I think that's it. That's it. Um, we're going to talk. Uh, we're going to see if uh, – I mean, I think there's a real possibility of this winner of this Weidman and Reyes fight gets a title shot, even if it's Weidman, just because who's available in that weight class. Nah, man. Give Dominic Reyes Glover to Shara. That's what the people want. Are we? Well, let me. I mean, let's just be real though. The next show is going to be dedicated to talking about Damian Maya versus Ben fucking Askren. That is what we are previewing. That is what's happening. The rest of the card is horse shit. I like that they're just, kind enough to just put a Abu Dhabi Combat Club match in the middle of this UFC card. It's not even a UFC. It's like a fucking like legacy fight card. Who are these people? What is this card? Oh, they're making them fight in Singapore? What is this go. card? I only see, like, six fights. It's next week. Do you scroll down? Scroll down no. to announce the bounce. Oh, oh you're right. right. Okay, there they yeah. are. <laughs> well, they you don't know those people, people either. The, no, they're random, Mar- random Marcos versus Ashley Yoder could justifiably be the co-main event of this. That's saying something. Yeah, this card's fugly. What's, what time does it start? Can it somehow be where Damian Maya and Ben Askren are fighting when I'm eating my breakfast and eating an omelet? That's that's what I'm thinking. I think Random Marcos won her last fight, so does that mean I have to pick Yoder in this one? No, I think she oh she won three in a row. Oh my goodness! No wait, wait wait. No, I was looking at her amateur record. My bad, she lost. Okay, she lost to Claudia. She got a she, she, You're picking her to win this one. Okay, it's <laughs> winning time for Random. Marcos. It's winning time in Singapore. Jesus, she's Iraqi. Close enough to Singapore. Send her ass there. That's what the logic is there. Um, all right, guys. Um, thank you all for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Apologies for the voice. I'm a little uh, congested here, but it's not um, clearly obvious. Um, we'll be back next week. We're going to see if Weidman has anything left, really. That's what that fight's going to tell me. Um, and uh, we're going to see if Yair gets his comeuppance, kind of, maybe. We don't know. And we'll preview the matchup of the century between Damian Maya and Ben Askren. Um, thank you all again. I was Dr. Law. Kid Presentable was here. DJ Mark was here. Lavender Gooms was here. Peace out. See ya. I hope Damien Maya wins. Damien Maya gonna win by knockout.